Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. The national championship for Notre Dame. Plus, fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. On your home of the Fighting Irish and tonight's NFL season opener. Oh, we need better music than that. There we go. The NFL regular season gets underway tonight. The Detroit Lions going to Arrowhead to take on the defending world champion Kansas City Chiefs. We join Westwood One for their pregame coverage at 7.30 tonight. Here on WSBT Radio, the South Bend Cubs are getting a new set of signs today. They're moving over to 96-1 the ton tonight, 645 pregame, 705 first pitch again on 96-1 the ton. Sportsbeat coming to you from all of our various outlets, 960 AM WSBT, WSBTRadio.com. Our WSBT radio app, which is free and on the Twitch app. Wave to the camera, Eric. Look at all your fans waving back. All right. Eric Hansen is with me, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. And I should thank you on behalf of our listeners. You had a very nice offer for our listeners to take advantage of to join the InsideIndieSports.com family recently, and it sounds like you had a pretty good turnout. Oh, my gosh. It was terrific. Um, so we really appreciate that, and I hope they're, they're happy that they made that investment and we're going to work hard to keep their keep them smiling. That's We what can't do about. anything about the scores, but we can explain them. <laughs> 
hey, Eric, there's a lot of fake news in the world now. You can change the score if you want Is that to. right? Oh, okay. It's, it's legal now. Anything goes oh. now. You can say whatever you want. It's it's reality. No, you'll have all the scoop, of course, at InsideIndieSports.com over the next couple of days leading into Notre Dame, North Carolina State, which kicks off Saturday at noon here on WSBT Radio. Eric, also a part of our Game Day Sports Beat team. It is Eric, Tyler Hork, and I. Game Day Sports be presented by Bud Light. It'll be Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Actually, it looks like our pregame coverage is going to start at 6 a.m. because we're going to play back Tuesday night's Notre Dame show, which isn't the Marcus Freeman show anymore. It's kind of a Waking Up the Echoes podcast. Oh. So we're going to replay that. I know Marcus is on early in the podcast or show, whatever we're calling it. So that will air at 6 a.m. Saturday. Then Jim Arizari, Tim Growl with their interview show from 7 to 9. And then Eric and I and Tyler will be on from 9 to 11, kick off at noon. And then the post-game show after the game here on WSBT Radio. And what about your post-game duties at InsideIndieSports.com on Saturday? We have... We have a post-game takeaway show on YouTube, and then obviously all the content that we put out that is using our fingers. Uh, we do not use our fingers in our YouTube show. <laughs> You're getting to the point with all the voice activation. You could almost write stories by talking into your phone, right? Although there computer. would be a lot of boo-boos, you know, yeah. because it doesn't always... There's a really good transcription app called Otter, but I okay. mean, Otter does a pretty good job, but it needs a lot of cleanup. Now, like on a Zoom, it's it's pretty clear, but okay. there's still a little bit of cleanup. But, you know, I remember last year, if you just looked at it, something about Ninja Pine and, <laughs> you know, meaning Drew Pine, but it's like, what was the ad- adjective there? Uh, but yeah, it... it the the miss mistakes that Otter makes are pretty amusing. You know what? That explains a lot because there is such a mix up about whether Brian Kelly said we were going to go beat Florida State. <laughs> maybe Otter screwed it up, and maybe he really didn't say it, even though he says he didn't say it. <laughs> uh, is there ever a head coach you've been around that causes himself more headaches than BK? And I don't mean that meanly, but. He puts himself in, in his own hot water. Yes, I have been around a head coach that puts himself in more hot water. Both Bob Davey and Charlie Weiss, but but Brian, it's more avoidable. Charlie wanted to control the media, yes. and so that got him into hot water. And and then, you know, there were things he would say, and then people kind of come back at him with them, and then he didn't like that. Um Bob Davey would say things that just, I mean, if it were the Twitter area, oh he would gosh. be, he, he wouldn't have lasted as long as he did. You know, it was, you know, there was times he called, uh, I don't want to even get into it. I'll, I'll say the more um, gentle one was he complained about, that Notre Dame's schedule was too hard, that they needed to play more directional and hyphenated schools. And because of that, we had T-shirts, and he needed new ushers to get rid of the T-shirts. Yeah, it was. But but those guys, um, you know, and and I think they, 
I think whenever you spar, the one thing is BK in general doesn't spar a lot with the media. He generally gets along with them. So it's not, it's more the people outside that don't cover him that, that give him more scrutiny because they don't get a sense of humor sometimes. And, you know, I mean, but he teed it up for everybody with oh. the, um, with the, I didn't say that. And also the, uh, I'm not going to talk about offensive creativity in there. <laughs> a few moments later. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, well, maybe we could have had more offensive creativity. <laughs> but he was, I, I will say this, he was fun to work with oh, for 12 no years. Doubt. Yeah. For most of it, we got along most of the time. There were some pretty good funnies and, and stuff. He was He was pretty good. He doesn't give you a lot of coach speak. He does give you a lot of word salads, but you know, you I have can... another word for word salad, Brian, but we'll go with that. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I I had fun covering him. You know what the difference between Charlie Weiss and Brian Kelly was? What's that? BK never got the second person story that Charlie got. That's true. That's true. And and that was um Eric... Charlie was mad at me for a year. He yeah. was mad at me for a year. And then we had a kumbaya. We had a kumbaya moment that <laughs> the former sports information Doug Walker, director Doug Walker set up. And then his last two years there, we got along great yeah. and we still talk. You know, I still think he gets mad at me from time to time, but um, we still talk and um, text. And so it's. There's a side of Charlie that really people I agree that that is a really cool side of Charlie that people don't know but but you know there's the side with the media where it's rough around the edges and it's hard. I'm sure like me you from time to time get people ask well what is this person like and then and we don't like this person. I always say the one person who surprised me away from the cameras was Charlie. Because mm-hmm. I did an inning with him. Yeah. He was my analyst with the South Bend Cubs, and it could not have been more fun. And like at a golf outing, when it's just yeah. you talking to him, yeah. he's totally different. He puts up that big shield yeah. when the cameras are there, and he tries to put on that Belichick yeah. stuff, which yeah. it just didn't work. But away from the cameras, he was a totally different guy and a fun person to talk to. He is a fu- fun person. He's got a pretty good um, – sense of humor and stuff he does and he gets my sense of humor which i appreciate uh so and for people that don't remember eric wrote a second person story about charlie and so in 2007 and then it became an espn moment but they were losing at the time so the people on espn were like he's feeling the heat they didn't say anything bad about you me they they were trashing charlie so i just it was a masterpiece. There was, yeah. It was so good. Yeah. It, to this day, he still kind of hinted to me that he's bothered <laughs> about that. But we were able to work out why. The reasons I thought he was upset with it were different than the actual reasons. And it was a really kind of funny story that doesn't lend itself well to radio. <laughs> <laughs> more, uh, more over a beer or something. Okay, fair enough. All right, 518, Marcus Freeman met the media today. No funnies there. It was all business with the Fighting Irish head coach. We found out that Devin Ford, Irish backup running back, will not play on Saturday. Probably not a big surprise on that kickoff return. No doubt he was targeted 
was not called for whatever reason, suffered a concussion. He is still in concussion protocol, so Ford will not go. So we will see likely a four-headed running back rotation rather than the five we have seen so far this year, unless right. they cut down. Right, and likely Jadarian Price and maybe a little bit of Jeremiah Love at kickoff return. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. Yep, good point there. Otherwise, he talked about they've used some wet footballs in practice just in case there is rain during the game. I saw a high of 88 for Raleigh today with a 60% chance of precipitation. Yeah, yesterday when I looked, and Tyler and I have different weather sources I mean, this morning it's at 0% chance at Raleigh on Saturday. And even during the day, it doesn't seem like during the time they're playing it's a high percentage. But I'm not good with understanding weather people, you know, especially when they tell me what to wear. It's like, wear your galoshes. It's like, what if I don't have any? <laughs> yeah, weather people do tell you what to do a lot. Make sure you take your umbrella. You better grab a coat. Yeah. They're like, like, no, I'm wearing shorts <laughs> and a short sleeve shirt. You're going to be standoffish, yeah, right? right. You're, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do just the I opposite. I know I'm not a fashion plate, but I'm going to dress myself. It's just the, the seven-year-old Eric Hansen coming back out for a couple of moments there. All right, really quick before we get into more Notre Dame football talk, for people interested in some storylines that could affect things you do tonight involving the Chiefs and the Lions, Sources tell Ed Werder of ESPN that Chiefs tight end Jason Kelsey is pleading with head coach Andy Reid and trainer Rick Berholder to play him tonight against the Lions despite a hyperextended knee he suffered in the team's final practice two days ago. The spread went from seven to four and a half. The Chiefs the favorite once the news came out about Kelsey. So he put Jason. It should be Travis Kelsey. That was a misprint by Jason is the Eagles center. Travis is the tight end for Kansas City, so I just caught that. So Kelsey's trying to play despite having a hyperextended knee earlier this week. Pretty crazy. All right, let's get to Notre Dame, North Carolina State conversation again. He's Eric Hansen, publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com and second-person specialist, story writer. I'm Darren Pritchett, and here we go with our advantage game for tonight. Six categories as we give you a little more insight on the matchup between the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and also the North Carolina State Wolfpack 1-0. They won in stores over Connecticut 24-14. And now let's talk all things about this particular matchup. And why don't we get started by giving North Carolina State the football. They won the toss. They're going to take the football. So, Eric, let's talk about the matchup in the game. And this could be the most important of the six, the North Carolina State rushing attack against the Notre Dame defense. This is a game and the first of a handful in which that Fighting Irish defense, Eric, will have to deal with a dual-threat quarterback in Brennan Armstrong. And in fact, the rushing attack looked ahead of the passing attack when they faced UConn last week. So... Give me your thoughts. Who has the advantage when North Carolina State runs the football? Well, before Brennan Armstrong and offensive coordinator Robert Anai arrived at NC State last year, they were 109th in rushing offense. So those two are there, and yet 
when they were together at Virginia, um, Armstrong was a three-year starter there, the first two under a nine the last year under a mm-hmm. different offensive coordinator. He was the leading rusher all three years. Their traditional rushing game wasn't very good. And in the opening game against UConn, it kind of, again, it was Armstrong leading rusher. He could be a leading rusher on his team for four straight years, which is odd for a guy that you don't consider, you know, a primarily running quarterback. Um, And, I mean, he's decent, but, I mean, there's been years where he's averaged 2.2 yards a carry and led them. And so... um, I'm going to give Notre Dame the advantage. They've been really good against the run. I mean, they were good against a running team in Navy, and they were really good against Tennessee State. Now, again, that they're not Tennessee State wasn't overwhelmingly good in the run game, but Navy, that's what they do. Navy was the fourth-leading rushing team last year, and they really suppressed that Navy running game. So I give Notre Dame the check mark, and I think they're going to have an answer for – Brennan Armstrong in the running game. I think maybe he'll get one one long run, but I think other than that, they're going to have a pretty good game plan for that. A, that tells me Notre Dame's going to win the game because I highly doubt the NC State receivers are explosive enough to hurt this secondary. That's just my opinion. If you stop that running game and it's average, I think the Irish are in great shape. I really do. And I got another thought that I'll maybe blend into the next part, but you have one more thought before yeah, we Yeah, I, I just think I think if I'm Al Golden, I'm focusing on stopping Brennan Armstrong in the run game and taking my chances with their traditional run game. Okay, so I'll bring up my point now since you made that comment. It's the chess match. With Armstrong's running ability, mm-hmm. there'll be true running plays, there'll be scrambling plays. Do you think Notre Dame might play a little more zone compared to man? Because zone, the secondary can look into the backfield. They get their eyes on their spots and the receivers, but they can watch the quarterback. If you're in man, you got your back to the quarterback, and they can really hurt you in those particular situations. So do you think we might see a little more zone? From the Irish because of that? Maybe. And I also think, you know, people ask about the spy concept. Yes. They have a spy. And I think Notre Dame will spread that around. There will be safeties that have that responsibility. Some There may be some linebackers. But they're going to move it around so that they they can't exploit it. And, and Notre Dame has some good ones. I think Xavier Watts will be in that mix, for example. See, the first thing that came to mind – when you started mentioning spy, yeah, Jalen Sneed. Jalen Sneed was on my list. I think Sneed, Leofow, Watts, uh, Harper, and I think I had somebody else in mind. But I, I came up with five names that I, I thought were probably the most likely going to be in that mix and that they could all uh, end up taking a turn on him. Okay. So now Kaiser. Oh, yeah. Deshaun, or Deshaun Kaiser. Jack Kaiser. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes total sense. So now let's blend in Brennan Armstrong throwing the football in our advantage game when North Carolina State throws the football against the Fighting Irish and we factor in pass rush, everything into this conversation. Who might have the advantage? So, Eric, take it away. The, this one's interesting because, again, in 2021, the last time this offensive coordinator and this quarterback were together, 
They were second in the country in passing yards per game, almost 400, and they were 22nd in pass efficiency. Um, and yet, Notre Dame, I don't think we've seen the best of their corners yet. They were the best position group on this team in fall camp, and then they really haven't had a chance to show that in the first two games. Now, what they have shown is they're the number one power five team in pass efficiency defense right now. But against two <laughs> underwhelming offenses, but 11 of 29, no touchdowns, two interceptions, 110 yards on the season. And I think this is in their wheelhouse. And I say Notre Dame gets this check mark. I know we're not supposed to overreact to the last thing we saw. But that passing attack for NC State looked very generic. I really thought Rosner, the kid from Rice, yeah. 6'4 kid, Brad Rosner. The eighth-year senior? Yeah, eighth year. It's unbelievable. I, I told that story on the air a couple of days ago. I thought he might impact the offense right away. He had one catch for 14 yards yeah. against UConn. The passing attack looked just kind of stale. I don't want to overreact, but... We haven't seen Brennan Armstrong be that Brennan Armstrong in quite a bit of time. And I don't think the receivers at NC State are going to be able to help him like he had at Virginia a couple of years ago. He had a pretty good receiving core with the Cavaliers. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rosner was really a weird late transfer. Yeah. And and then one of their other better receivers is a freshman, Juice Vereen. Uh, that they're really high on. And so there's not a lot of time to build chemistry there. That's a team that had four different guys play quarterback for them last year. I think eventually they'll start to get it together. But if if Armstrong is your only running threat, which he was in the UConn game, then that's a problem for them. And, and that was always what kind of held Virginia back when he was the starter there was that he was too much of the offense. They needed more to go with him in the running game. They would have been a lot better had they had the threat of both. Okay, so check mark for the Notre Dame defense when it comes to NC State running and throwing the football. Do you think Al Golden is going to have to dial up a little pressure? Do you have confidence in that base defense getting to Brennan Armstrong? I think he has that in his pocket. It's ready to go. It's ready to go. <laughs> and and I think this is the first week to kind of use that. You know, you didn't really need to use it against the other two teams. First of all, against Navy, it was just such a weird offense. And then against Tennessee State, you didn't really want to show that your, your packages. I mean, they played that sixth defensive back package with the four safeties a little bit, and they played nickel, but they didn't amp up the pressure. Uh, so I'm I'm really curious to see what this is going to look like because they need to do that. It's like me. I'm cooking dinner. If I screw it up, I have Barnaby's on speed dial. <laughs> Al go. Golden has the blitz right there sitting, ready yeah. to go if right. need be. All right, Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. The Advantage game rolls on with a look at the Fighting Irish offense taking on the NC State 3-3-5 defense. And let's begin with Notre Dame running the football again. Devin Ford will not play, still in concussion protocol, but still four healthy running backs for 
Sam Hartman to give the football to in this matchup. And I'm betting this might be the one bold check mark because Eric Yukon ran right through that defense, and their quarterback isn't as scary as Sam Hartman, not even close. True. And I'm going to surprise you because uh, I'm going the other way. Well, really? Well, I mean, okay. you take away, and again, you they, those plays count. The 71-yard run by uh, Victor Rosa, and then he had an 18-yarder for a touchdown, too. Then, um, you know, they did a pretty good job of slowing the run. I don't think they were as worried about the run, and I think with Notre Dame, they are going to – gear their defense towards Notre Dame run, especially if it's raining, and then see what, you know, they've had success against Sam Hartman to a certain extent. But they're not – so once you hear the whole thing, once you hear the next check mark, then okay. I think this will make more sense. That three three five can do different things. And I think, again, if Notre Dame plays two tight ends a lot of the time, you're inviting more people into the box. I think Notre, NC State is going to just try to put Hartman in third and long as much as they can and think that that's the path to success, which has been in the past. So they're going to stop the run at all costs. So I'm going to give them the check mark faintly, but I give them the check mark. Aha. Okay. They were 10th in the country last year in okay. run defense. So they have it in them. Okay. That's my recency bias. Right. Didn't see it against UConn. Okay. They were just letting UConn do that because they wanted to build up the confidence they of the Irish. They said, we want to, you, you know, again, we just want to have them right where we want them. I mean, they used to have a, a former Irish defensive coordinator as their head coach. I'm sure some of his expertise is still laying around the locker room <laughs> and an old trophy. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm trying to think. He's at LSU now, isn't he? Diaco. Yes. No wonder. <laughs> I won't say it. I won't say it. I'll be nice. Okay, next up in the advantage game, when Samuel Hartman fires the football against the NC State secondary. Again, well-documented, last two games, he's been picked off six times, playing for Wake Forest, and last three games against NC State, he's been sacked 13 times. This just in, he's going to enjoy his offensive line in front of him on Saturday. He is, and and so... I'm actually going Notre Dame advantage here. And even against the best pass defense of the 12 opponents in 2022 with a lot of people back, I think Sam Hartman with balance in the offense, Wake Forest didn't. They had 17 rushes or 17 yards on 25 rushes in that loss last year at NC State. And that's been the problem. It's had to been too much Sam Hartman. When he's got an offensive line, when he's got balance, he's going to shine. So that's why ND gets the check mark here. Again, I think they're going to tilt their defense toward the run, and that's why I'm giving them that check mark. But they're going to pay for it with Sam Hartman. It's going to get a little payback from those corners who have picked him off. That's right. Okay, like it. Now it all makes sense. Now it makes sense. See, that's why you don't read just one paragraph. You read the whole story. Let's move to special teams. Which, no, I could be hey, completely wrong. The <laughs> Irish had a blocked field goal last week. Jason Onye doing his Isaiah Foskey impersonation. Right. And NC State has had 
the last two they've only played Notre Dame three times. The last two times they played them, they've blocked a punt. One in the hurricane game Ooh. and one in the game they got run in Notre Dame Stadium it was a matchup of nine versus fourteen and Notre Dame beat them by three touchdowns. That was a pretty impressive game back in 2017. But this NC State team wasn't very good on special teams last year. Notre Dame has been a little bit up and down out of the gate, but I still think Notre Dame is the better special teams team here. Okay, finally, intangibles. No hurricane this time. So There is no hurricane this time. Notre Dame has won 28 straight. ACC regular season games, but Uh NC State has won 16 of its past 17 home games. They've won 24 straight non-conference home games dating back to 2013. Uh, And that includes that 2016 game. Where we threw the football 20-some-odd times. Right. There could have been some more offensive creativity in that game. Um, So, you know... And and the the students get up. I mean, that's a noisy place. They're going to be fired up for this game and for Notre Dame. Uh, and so I would say, yeah, NC State probably gets the intangible check mark here. Even though Notre Dame has this ACC winning streak, NC State has been very good at home. Okay, very good. So Notre Dame gets all the check marks except when – Notre Dame runs it, but it ties into overplaying the run, and right. Sam Hartman's going to have a big, big day throwing it in the way you picture this game playing out. I do. Now, I haven't asked you this over the first two weeks because it's Navy and Tennessee State, but are you allowed to make a pick at this point, or do people oh, yeah. have to go to InsideIndieSports.com? No. We'll do both then. We'll do both. Yeah, they don't can say go, no. <laughs> they can, I'll give them my pick, and then they can go – Hey, I, w- I forgot what he said, and then they can go because we'll have our Place Your Bets segment on YouTube tomorrow morning. And so I I came up with a score off the top of my head because I forgot I had to come up with one. And I liked it. I liked the score I came okay. up with. And you're, can you give it now or no? I do. Okay. It, I came up with Notre Dame 31 and NC State 20. We're very close. Okay. My prediction, which you will hear tomorrow morning on Irish Preview here on WSBT Radio during our morning shows. Okay. I have Notre Dame 37, NC State 20. Okay. That so extra we're almost touchdown. twins. We are almost twins. Okay. Hey, we did a pretty good job last week just in number of points being off. You're only six points off. That's true. From your prediction because it ended up 56 to 3 and you had... 52, 52 to, to six, six. Yeah. yeah, and I had forty-nine to nothing, so I was nine points off. So not bad, not bad. Okay. Let's we'll see what happens on Saturday. So Eric has thirty-one twenty Irish, and I've got thirty-seven twenty Irish. Okay, we'll take a timeout. We'll head into Uncle Eric's den for a little chat. He's got a bunch of questions from Irish fans. We're going to pick a few and talk about it next on WSBT. Results maybe. 542 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. He is Eric Hansen, publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. And Eric, every Wednesday at InsideIndieSports.com, holds a chat with Fighting Irish football fans. And I've decided to grab a few questions, and let's have a Notre Dame football conversation. Eric, we'll start with Pat from Florida. 
Are five running backs getting carries sustainable? I'm worried one of the younger transfers out because of it. Well, if anybody's going to pull that off, it's going to be Dylan McCullough, the running backs coach at Notre Dame. He has great camaraderie with that group. He's got great buy-in with that group. They, you know, he's coached in a Super Bowl. He's coached pro wide receivers, and he tells them, look, you want to not have a lot of tread on your tires when you get to the NFL because that's what they're going to be looking for when they draft running backs. They're not going to want somebody that's had, you know, average 200 carries a year for four years. Um, and so they buy into that. Now, low tread on the tires is different than no tread on the tires. Do they get to the point where they're only playing three in some games? And that's a possibility. I don't think Jeremiah Love is ever going to be the one that kind of gets left out of that, I would say. The the other thing is they all kind of have roles, too, that they're really good at. For example, Jabron Payne is very good at pass protection, and he's been really good on third and fourth down and running the ball. So he's kind of been that guy. Jadarian Price is really good at throwing it to him out of the backfield. Jeremiah Love is really good if you need to line yeah. a guy up as wide receiver, an extra wide receiver. You can change the play back to a running play. Uh, so there's there's been different roles for all of those guys. Audric Estime, you know what he does. He bullies people. That's right. But <laughs> – uh, but I think that they're going to use those guys enough that they're going to be happy. But, I, I again, I don't think most running back coaches could pull it off. Plus, if you're winning, that also makes it. If you're yep. a losing team and you're not getting very many carries. The other thing that really helps is, again, the versatility of those running backs being involved in pass plays also gives them touches and being in the return game. Jeff from Fort Wayne says next year the Irish will have three scholarship quarterbacks and Jelly, Minchie, and Carr. He says that seems like you're asking for trouble. Do they look for another transfer quarterback or do they try to recruit another quarterback somewhere? Well, I think in this age of portal quarterbacks, it's going to be hard to get four and keep them all happy if they're all pretty good. I think what you maybe hope for in your fourth quarterback is a really good walk-on, somebody that could f- function in the offense in the most extreme emergency, that loves Notre Dame, that's parents are willing to pay the bill. <laughs> uh, but I think it's really hard to get that fourth person. Now, I think it's more important what's at the top of the depth chart looking at 2024 because they're not going to go to the portal necessarily to say, let's get some depth, because who wants to transfer to be the fourth-string quarterback? But somebody might be willing to transfer to be possibly yep. the first-team quarterback. And if there's somebody like Sam Hartman in the next cycle, Notre Dame owes itself to, to look at that possibility. Now, if you take that guy, you may lose Minchie or Angeli. Um, so... That's the risk you take. Notre Dame took Sam Hartman. They lost both Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner. Yeah. So, again, I think three is realistic. They've, they're playing with three this year. They played with three in 2015 and lost their starter in game two and got away with it. NC State was down to its fourth quarterback last year because of injuries and ineffectiveness. So, 
I mean, there there is some risk there. But again, what's at the top of your depth chart, I think, is more of a concern. We have Mark from Golden Valley, Minnesota. They have to produce really good hockey players. Golden Valley? I mean, come on. He wants to know, do you feel Jalen Sneed will see more action this week? We asked um, Al Golden about that on Tuesday night. He has a short press conference, as does offensive coordinator Jared Parker. And how he explained it was when they play a lot of nickel, which they're playing now almost as a base defense, you're playing two linebackers a lot. So the first shift, the first hockey shift that's not throwing their gloves and sticks Thank you. is Maris Leofau and J.D. Bertrand. Then they rotated in Jalen Smith or Jalen Sneed. <laughs> Jalen Smith, they love to do that. <laughs> Jalen Sneed and Jack Kaiser. And he goes, look, we're, these guys aren't starters. We've got a whole bunch of guys that are playing. What happened was the game got out of out of hand pretty quickly and so that next rotation of Snead and Kaiser didn't happen and so their snaps were pretty limited both of them and so they were to the threes and fours you had Preston Zinner and Jay Nosberry and you had even Trey Reader who's a or not Trey Reader um, but Reader Trey Reader's older brother who's on the team um, Trey is going to be a baseball player there um, and so you, you got out of that rotation, but their thought is that there's that there's really should be fairly equitable snaps between Sneed and Kaiser and then Leah Fow and J.D. Bertrand when you're in two linebackers. All right, another question from Eric's chat at InsideIndieSports.com. Jim from Valley Center, California. That's got to be the home of computer software geniuses. <laughs> All right, he wants to know, and you can tie in – Tyler James' work in this question. It has been said that neither Rocco or Coogan played particularly well at guard this past Saturday. Can you confirm if that was the case? And if so, will Billy Stroud soon get a crack to start? Well, Tyler James every week does a film review for premium subscribers. And uh, I, to me, it's fascinating. I learn a lot. I don't rewatch the game, and even if I did, if I'm not sitting next to Tyler, I'm not getting all this insight and so forth. I'm just hearing what the people are complaining about the broadcast, <laughs> what's going yeah, on with it. And I think some of your people writing in were wrong about the broadcast, but I'll tell you off the air. Okay. So, um, but so did those guys play well? It was up and down, you know, and. Will Billy Shrouth take over for one of those guards at some point? Billy Shrouth is super talented. I think he will be a um, starter next year, and I think probably Coogan moves to center next year when uh, when Zeke Carell moves on. And so I think you'll see all three of those guys. But it, it's not what you want to do, ideally. What you're trying to do now with these new guards is get them to see the game like the tackles in the center do. Mm-hmm. One set of eyes. You make a change now, then you're starting all over again with Billy Shrout. Have Notre, has Notre Dame ever changed during the year? Yes, they have. But usually it's because of an injury, or in 2021 it was because they needed to get more physical. So who did they plug in? They plugged in Joe Alt at left tackle. Great move. Andrew Kostofik left guard. He did the job. But, again, I don't see them making that move unless they get to the middle of the season and say, 
look, this isn't working, and Shrouth is better. Okay, one final question from Eric's chat at InsideIndieSports.com. Patrick from Fort Wayne, Indiana. He says, after watching Josh Burnham play in the opening two games, I am inclined to believe that by the end of the season, he will be starting. The kid is a beast with speed and power off the edge and a motor that is nonstop. He and Jason Onye are fun to watch and could be the base for the future of the defensive line. You know what? It's not all about starting. It's about taking your reps and being really, really good. And I'm not sure he's ever going to start this year, but it's a nice problem to have if there's a competition. Right. I'm, you know, I get these football crushes, platonic crushes from time to time. (laughs) And Josh Burnham is on my list this year. And he, in two games and fairly limited snaps, has six tackles, which is four off the lead. He's got, he leads the team in tackles for loss and quarterback hurries. There's three people that have sacks. He's one of them. I asked Al Golden about him on Tuesday night. He has, they call it a high uh, factor ratio. And because you divide the number of plays by how many plays you actually make. Even last year, he played one snap and he got a tackle for loss. In the one snap he played as a freshman, you know he's he's bought into this position switch. I mean, this is was one of the best linebackers in the country. Comes in six four and in the high two thirties, he's up to about two fifty now. He looks like a defensive end, and he's loving it. He trusted Al Golden that this was going to work out. I don't think he's going to be a starter by the end of the season. I think Jordan Batello is going to play well enough, but I think this is a first world problem that Josh Burnham is going to rotate in and give you what you're getting with your starter. And junior to Alamaka is in that uh, rotation too. But I really like where Josh Burnham is headed. Okay. Very good. You can be a part of Eric's chat Wednesdays at noon Eastern time. Go to insideindsports.com later in the afternoon. He releases the transcript and then we have some fun with that on Thursday here on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. I didn't get to any Tobias Merriweather questions. I feel like I did not have the theme of the chat in our little segment. I don't know. I, I mean, I think we answered a lot of those last week. I think we just kind of need to let things play out with Tobias a little bit. Rich feels like they need to unlock Tobias. So there's a key somewhere, if you can find it, Hand it off to Chansey, and it's going to be all taken care of. Okay. All right, 5.53, Twitter question of the day next on WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, Eric Hansen, Darren Pritchett back with you. We wrap up the 5 o'clock hour with our Twitter X question of the day. Yesterday, we asked you, after beating two inferior opponents, how would you best describe Notre Dame football's playoff chances? You could have said, very good. You could have said, still a long shot. Or, still too early to tell. So, Eric, based on the Irish... And also, we have to factor in the people on the schedule, how they've looked through one week. How would you answer that question? Still too early to tell. Okay. You're in the majority. 
Okay. Because 17.5% say it's very good. Second place, 23.8%, still a long shot. And the winning vote, too early to tell, 58.7%. So I'm proud to say not a whole lot of Kool-Aid was drank answering that particular question. Was Miss Cleo one of the ones that was predicting success? Or she used to do those 900 psychic logs. You had me on that one. I, I screwed up the taxi soap thing last night, so I wasn't even going to take a shot you at I didn't watch the quality of television that would require those kind of commercials being on back in the day. Had you said Dion Warwick, I would have gotten it. Yeah, okay. Well, Dion Warwick wasn't the psychic herself. She just had their, those were her friends. That was her network. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of good money off her friends. She she was a good singer. Agreed. Yes. yes. Yep. I'll agree with that. Okay. Now we move to today's question, which you can vote on right now at 960 Sportsbeat on Twitter slash X. So, Eric, here I go trying to write headlines again. But again, I only have so many characters to work with, so I can't be overly creative. Okay. So, which of these headlines could be the most likely outcome of the Notre Dame-NC State game. Here are your four choices. Hartman stays hot, Notre Dame rolls. Number two, the Irish run over and through the Wolfpack. Number three, the defense stymies NC State. Or number four, North Carolina State stuns slash upsets the Fighting Irish. So which headline are we most likely to see later Saturday? And am I answering this now? Yeah. I was going to say Sunday, but that's the old days where you yeah. waited for the newspaper. Now you don't have to wait anymore. <laughs> or you actually have to wait till like Tuesday to get. <laughs> anyways. Rumor has it. <laughs> anyways. Um, I will go with number one. I would. Mm -hmm. Ideally, do a combination of one and three, but I think one is the most accurate. Hartman stays hot and Notre Dame rolls, which plays into your advantage game thoughts. Right. See, we bring the whole show full circle at the end. Absolutely perfect. All right, what can people expect right now at InsideIndieSports.com? Whether it's Danny DeVito or you... Well, I, the I've got a notebook with the news of the day. You know, we mentioned the Devin Ford who who might replace him. Um, we got update on Nolan Ziegler's situation. Lots of other items, including a look at the turnover. It's the takeaway bone. It's the turnover chain at Miami. It's the takeaway bone at NC State. Um, we also have from our Adam Gornery from Rivals has a interview with Kingston, Viliamu Asa, the really good linebacker. You know, is he looking at other schools? Are they still calling him? So he's got the latest with that. Uh, Charleston's got the best prospects out there that Notre Dame hasn't offered yet that maybe that they will. Tyler's got a really in-depth, great in-depth look at NC State. And, of course, Darren, there's always much, much more. (laughs) 
There's the taxi theme that I got well, confused with uh, yesterday. That's appropriate with the takeaway bone. It's very calm and soothing. Are you into the takeaway bone? Are you, did you see the takeaway bone in the game? The Connecticut game? I don't mean to be the grumpy old guy sitting on the porch saying, get off yeah. my lawn, but it's kind of an old thing now. Been there, done that. Everybody's doing something. So, but I'll, I'll say this. I'm shocked to see that Alabama has a championship belt that one of the helpers holds behind Nick Saban. So if it's okay for Uncle Nick, then I probably should loosen up a little bit. Okay, the the funniest one of all the Notre Dame opponents that I've seen in any sport is that daddy jacket that Tennessee baseball had where it was that fur jacket that looked like something Joe Namath would have worn in the late 60s. Did you didn't like, see like that? the leather no, 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 it was a fur jacket. Oh, you're kidding. That they put on in like 90 degree weather and wear wear it in the clubhouse i guess for a half an inning i try to ignore tennessee baseball actually uh well i'll tell you what notre dame ignored him enough to beat him that was the odds on favor to win the college world series that was awesome that was really really cool all right you need to get out of here and enjoy the rest of your day and just relax put on my daddy jacket and (laughs) bite on my takeaway bone is the daddy jacket the same as the grandpa jacket (laughs) are they different they're different oh they are different okay very good all right well enjoy your evening we will see you saturday morning 9 a.m for game day sports beat sounds great check out eric right now at insideindsports.com how about a little las vegas feel for the notre dame nc state game oh i've got someone that can give you the scoop right now we'll talk to tim murray from VEASAN and VEASAN.com coming up after a sports update on WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 